Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. How would you like to ramp up your club's game day atmosphere? Big Screen Video is giving 10 lucky sports clubs the chance to win a 10 $10,000 grant towards their own digital scoreboard. Register now at iCanWin.com.au slash BSV. Siren sounds, Norse fans, the wait is over. Well done, well done, little manly. On SEN, it's time for the Host Plus Cup Show. That's a plus with Mark Braybrook. And Wednesday afternoon rolls around once again. Nice to have your company on the Host Plus Cup show. No rugby league this weekend because of the Easter weekend across Queensland, but uh, that doesn't mean there's not plenty to talk about. We had a terrific round four of the competition in the Host Plus Cup. We've got two unbeaten teams. One team that's won all four games. That's the Central Capras. And the Brisbane Tigers are unbeaten. They have had a draw, uh, but they are yet to suffer defeat so far in 2022. And we'll chat with their coach, John Buchanan, a little bit later in the program. But also catch up with Tani Norris, who, of course, is the Queensland uh, women's state of origin coach and uh, works for the QRL with regards to uh, the development of the the women's game in Queensland. No doubt she would have been absolutely over the moon with uh, how the NRLW Grand Final A was played and B received at Redcliffe on Sunday afternoon. So we'll chat with Tani a little bit later. I'm sure this man was also very pleased with uh, how the game went, A, and B, the reception the girls got for their grand final on Sunday afternoon. Dave Maiden, as he does every Wednesday afternoon, joins me here on the Host Plus Cup show. And I'm pleased to say good afternoon, mate. Happy Easter. Afternoon, Mark, and the very same to you. We are looking forward to the break this weekend. Yeah, well, your thoughts, first of all, on last week's game, um, last weekend's game at, at Morton Daly Stadium. Uh, I was lucky enough to call it on SEN with Katie Brown. I just thought the whole day was magnificent. Well done to everyone involved. Um, and we've had the men's grand final last year at Suncorp, the women's grand final this year at Redcliffe, and, you know, Queensland has turned it on. Yeah, look, it was a fantastic day out there, actually. You know, we started with the SEQ selection trials and grading trials for the for the female athletes and, and the female teams, and it was great to wander around the outer fields out there at Redcliffe and, and, and watch the talent coming through and, and the, the new and old. You know, there's a lot of people just play the game because they love the game, and then, then we've got some new emerging talent coming through the ranks out there. So it was great to start the day out there, and then we wandered in and, and we watched uh, the Burley Tweed take on, on women in the under-19s Harvey Norman's match. And, and that was a cracker because that's, that, again, that's the future of our game and, and where they're coming from. So it was impressive to see some of the talent that's on display out there. And then, of course, we, we finished off with the NRLW Grand Final. No Queensland teams in there, but it, it, there was... Uh, and it, so it was a little bit, uh, you know, not disappointing for us, but it, we, we wanted to see some more Queensland representative players. So... We could cheer for both teams because they both had their, their sprinkling of Queensland to through them. And, that, and as such, it was a great day, a really great day out there. And, and I thoroughly enjoyed it being out there with my wife and son and, and cheering for, for rugby league. Rugby league was the winner. Yeah. <laughs> I'll speak with Tani a little bit later. Um, I thought, uh, personally, the game, the thing that stood out for me in the grand final was the physicality 
um, that both teams showed, the desperation, the defence was outstanding. It was a, it was just a, a great credit for the game, but also to highlight how far the women's game has come, Dave. Oh, without doubt, that the defensive structures, uh, techniques, and 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 tactical nous of our players and teams has improved out of sight in the last two years, and. And that was on display out there on the weekend. It was it was physical. You didn't want to be out in the middle there because they got belted. Um, you know, there was some really quality football with some quality uh, uh, scrambling defence as well. Um, you know, there's some desperation. And, and, I, and you get that in rugby league grand finals. They happen. And so it was a great advertisement for our game. Uh, regardless, um, you know, there was no Queensland teams in there, but it was a great advertisement for our game, and I really enjoyed the day. Yeah, and the crowd um, was a great mixture of young and old, but uh, certainly dominated by women going along to watch and support their teams. And it was great to see the young kids wearing their jerseys, whether it be the Dragons or the Roosters. There was a sprinkling of other jerseys as well, as well as uh, Dolphins jerseys heading into 2023 20, uh, as well. So just, yeah, well done to everyone involved. And now the question, which I'll ask Tani a little bit later, I don't expect you to have uh, an answer because it might be too political here, but gee, standalone uh, NRLW Grand Final, that was a great advertisement for it. And um, I'm leaning towards that uh, as opposed to, sharing the stage with the men on grand final day because I don't think it is a proper sharing. That was just an awesome day. So I'd, I'm pushing, leaning towards that into the future, but that's just my opinion. I, do you have one on that? Oh, look, I, I probably do. Um, I love the day and I thought it was a great advertisement for our game. Uh, it's been said a number of times throughout the, the week uh, post-match around the lack of wrestle uh, and therefore pure, pure rugby league. So as a pure rugby league fan, I... I I really enjoyed that. Um, I, I believe the, the female athletes are getting to a stage where it should be on their own centre mm. stage. They should be the focus of the attention and, and the quality of football is deserving of that. So, and, and as the day showed out there on Sunday out at Redcliffe, you know, the culmination of, of grading trials for the SEQ into the 19s, the future of our game, the Harvey Norman 19s, into the NRLW Grand Final, it was a fantastic spectacle, and it was a, it was a, it was just a joy to be part of, uh, and just to enjoy rugby league. And that's all I went on. I didn't have any QRL gear on. I was just out there as a rugby league fan. Yeah, same here. Well, I had to work, but um, I still enjoyed calling <laughs> that game. Uh, the game that I called before that uh, was uh, Thursday or so ago before I got crook, and it was the tig- uh, Tigers up against the Titans. And I'd rather watch the Roosters and the the Dragons <laughs> in the NRLW again before I have to watch that Tigers and Titans game. But anyway, that's another story. We had uh, some terrific matches in the uh, Host Plus Cup on the weekend. And we, as I mentioned at the top of the show, mate, two unbeaten teams, one um, with four wins, one with three and a draw. The Capras on top, and gee, it sets up a mouth-watering clash when the the teams return, 1v2. Uh, the Brisbane Tigers up against Central in round number five, but the Capra's too good for the Cutters, and they're on top of the table. Look, this is fantastic to see. You know, the poor old Capras, they've had a tough, you know, tough, long year. They're, they're long years. Um, you know, they haven't had any affiliation with the NRL club for a long time, and certainly the, their affiliation they have now with the Dolphins is, has buoyed the mood, mood up there, and, and you see some real spring in the steps of the youngsters. I have to applaud... Lionel Harbin and how he's integrating the, the the greats of our games gone past. You know the former KFC State Cup back in the day. Um, you know one of our match review panel members, Graham White. His dad is presenting. He was presenting jerseys for, for guys that are making their debut up there. So that connection with past is it's vital in our game. We're a historic game. We're a traditional game, and, and that connection with past, connection with community, is is one of the reasons why people keep going back. So. Um, I only applaud what they're doing up there and how they're going about it and 
and it's really pleasing to see. And they haven't lost a game in, in open men's, open women's and under-21s. That's a phenomenal effort for the Capras, who still have no NRL players coming back to them. That's all on local talent and what they currently have available at their disposal. Yeah, terrific stuff. We had the Falcons beat the Hunters on Saturday at uh, Bycroft Oval at the Gold Coast, uh, 22 points to eight. The Blackhawks, 22, too good for the Pride, 12. We mentioned the Capras. Um, Tweed, who have had a tough time, mate, it must be said, with the floods and everything down at Piggabeen, had Matt Francis on the program um, two weeks ago. They got over the Burley Bears in the local derby, 32 points to 18. With what they've been through last year with COVID uh, and being based in New South Wales and the difficulties of getting over the border, and now with the floods in northern New South Wales and not being able to get to their ground, jeez, um, it shows the strength of character for that Tweed side to beat the previously unbeaten Bears by such a good score at Pizzy Park. Yeah, that's a tough win, and, and you've got to applaud the Tweed. And we have to, you know, tip, tip our hat to them and, and thank them for their commitment last year. There was there was players and staff that were on the other side of the border when we had hard lockdowns and, and you know, they couldn't get across to work. They couldn't play. They couldn't travel. Um, they made decisions to, to relocate to to get into Queensland so that we could actually continue our competition. So the commitment and dedication that they showed and sacrifice that went with that was greatly appreciated by the rest of the competition. And and, and in essence, that's probably set them up. You know, they've they've got that resilience. They know nothing too much bothers them. You know, Van Wolf has done a great job in terms of moulding this young this young group of men into a fantastic unit. And they showed that last year. They went right through right through the preliminary finals. And I expect them to be there or thereabouts again this year. You know, they've they've got a Got a great bunch of juniors coming through as well, and and uh, the club's in good spokes. They've done done some good job. Uh, they've uh, been nomadic for the first month or so of this competition, but but the results on the paddock are just a reflection of the resilient mood they have down there. Absolutely, uh, win and bounce back, defeating their arch rivals, forty-two to fourteen. The Dolphins at Cougarai on Sunday. The Tigers, despite being down to twelve men, defeated the Jets forty-two eight. Sadly, I reckon it's going to be a a tough year for the Jets, who have uh, started um, with four straight losses. And the Devils, 34, defeated South Logan, 26, at Basher Park on Sunday afternoon. So the weekend off, mate. Uh, do you get the weekend off, or what's happening with uh, yourself over this Easter weekend? Easter is the time of year. You know, check my phone. If I throw it in the console, and if there was a mushroom cloud over Brisbane, I might look at it. So um, <laughs> you know, we're lucky we haven't got any rugby league to play on. I'm going camping. It's my traditional break. I go out and do camping with the family, and, and I really enjoy it. So I uh, usually go over to Australia. I haven't been able to go over there this year. Oh, so great stuff. Heading up to Lake Catharabar, the back of Noosa there, and, and really looking forward to the break, recharging, getting ready to go, and, and ripping into Anzac weekend the following weekend after Easter. Well, mate, have a great break. Um, some of us are still working, but that's all right. We'll chat to you next Wednesday afternoon. <laughs> Good on you, mate. Dave Maiden there from the QRL. And, uh, yeah, a break this weekend. No footy, but uh, still plenty of rugby league to talk about. Speaking of which, we will speak with Tani Norris, the uh, Queensland women's state of origin coach who uh, is also involved in the coaching staff of the Titans. Get her thoughts on the uh, NRLW Grand Final and the state of the women's game here in Queensland. We will take a break on the Host Plus Cup show. Other side of the break, as I mentioned, Tani Norris. We're back. It's the Host Plus Cup Show on SEN. Host Plus, an industry super fund for all Australians. 
Mike Braybrook on this Wednesday afternoon, the Host Plus Cup show. Not only do we talk about the Host Plus Cup, we talk about rugby league right throughout Queensland. And um, one of the highlights, it's going to be the whole, one of the highlights of the year, was certainly in Queensland in uh, Redcliffe on the weekend, was the NRLW Grand Final between the Roosters and the Dragons. Of course, uh, we expected at least one of our Queensland teams to be in that Grand Final. But uh, I called the match with Katie Brown. It was a terrific a terrific game. It was a wonderful, wonderful credit to all those involved. The whole day was fantastic. Um, and it just whets the appetite for State of Origin, which is just around the corner as well for both the men and women. The Queensland coach, of course, is Tani Norris, who would have been watching that in awe, I would imagine, on Sunday. A little bit disappointed her Titans weren't there, but it was a terrific game, terrific um, spectacle for women's rugby league. Tani, good afternoon. Thanks for your time. I know I've, I've mentioned it was so good on Sunday at Redcliffe. Oh, absolutely. You know, yeah, as I mentioned, um, a bit disappointed that the Titans girls weren't there and, and no Queensland team was there. But the the game itself, fantastic to watch. I was actually in the crowd and the amount of people that were there, the excitement, what was put on show was just fantastic for the game. And, and it's really exciting to see two different teams actually get to the finals for starters. But um yeah, and the amount of talent that's coming through. We had a couple of Queensland girls playing in the Roosters, obviously, but the amount of players that and the depth of talent that are coming through all six sides that were out in the, the first season of the NRLW, it was really good to watch. Yeah, I spoke with Craig Green, of course, who coaches the West Panthers in the BMD Premiership a couple of weeks ago on the program, and the point that he made... Uh, which I think is a very salient point to be making about the development of the of the women's game, is that a lot of the girls that are coming through now um, have been able to play all the way through. They didn't have to stop at 12 yeah. and come back at 17. The the pathways that have been established in recent years, I, I think, and, and Sunday's was an example, we're starting to see that showcase now at the high level, the fact that the girls have been able to play all their teenage years, not stopping for that five years. Yeah, it's so true. It, it makes my life easier as a coach of the Queensland side because these girls are getting coached all the way through, like you're staying in the Pathways program, and, and quality coaching as well, which is great. So by the time they get to that representative level, we don't have to backtrack and, and go back and try and teach them some skills. We, they've already got them from the amount of playing and, and the depth and the Pathways that we're seeing. So... Yeah, it's making my life easier, that's for sure. But we're really seeing some fantastic players coming through. And, and not only in the um, in the NRLW, but the, the Harvey Norman under-19s comp that we're running in Queensland. There were 15 teams this year. And it was exciting. There was some quality coming through in those games. And, and you'll see those, those girls step up to not only the BMD level, but I wouldn't be surprised if there's a couple picked up in the, in the later NRLW season this year. And surely that game on Sunday, the whole day, the atmosphere, and, and if, even if you're at home watching on TV or listening to our call of that match, um, it, it will inspire generations of young girls to say, hey, I might have a crack at that. I, I, I would imagine from oh. just from Sunday's game alone. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the, the, yeah, they're role models now, which is great, but the standard of the game and, and the amount of people watching it and the coverage, you know, full credit to the NRL for, you know, the amount of coverage and the free-to-air TV that they're putting it on so that girls can actually watch it and, and, and hopefully take up this game. So uh, I, I just get goosebumps now, you know, when I talk about it because it didn't happen back in my era, but I'm so excited to, to see what's 
what's on offer for the girls these days and, and where we can take it to. And hopefully we're not very far off from these girls actually being full-time athletes. The thing that impressed me the most, I think, uh, Tani, on the weekend was the defence and particularly the goal line scrambling defence from both teams. It was only 4-0 at half time, but that wasn't from the want of trying. That was because of outstanding goal line defence from both teams. Yeah, definitely. And and I think that's across the board. Defensively, I think it's been the game's getting better and better in the defensive aspect. And I think that's, you know, Probably what um, separates us a little bit from the boys is the underball tackling that we're trying to keep in, in the women's game. And, you know, there's a, lot, there's a lot of catching, a lot of wrestling in the men's game. And, and what we're trying to do with the women's game is to really hone in on the one-on-one technique. And um, you can see that coming through in the NRLW. And I think that's a good thing for our game. I think it's exciting. You see a lot of really good hits in the women's, women's game. And I think people like to see that sort of stuff. What's the next area where the players can improve? We've seen that increased level of skill and the and the fitness, etc. Where do you see the next uh, level going for and uh, for the women playing rugby league? Yeah, I think um, you know the kicking game is obviously one area that's um, slowly on the rise, and there's a couple of really good kickers that are currently in the competition at the moment with Sahara Tamara and. Um, Racy McGregor's a pretty good kicker. There's a few coming through with that NRLW, and, and that's something that we, we tapped into last year with the Browns is to actually put kicking coaches in place to actually help these girls out. So the long kicking game was a focus for last year, and, and hopefully you know we can tap into the short kicking game a little bit more as well. But not only that, with the outside backs, is the catching area, you know, how we can go about developing their skills to hone in on the high catch and, um, you know, marking a bit like the AFL, AFLW, um, you know, taking those high catches and, and some really good tries for from kicking games. So, um, you know, that's definitely one area that we're looking to increase at, at a Queensland level and hopefully, um, you know, across the board that can take place in New South Wales as well. But, uh, you know, there's, there's plenty of things that are, have been developed and I think that showed in this this year's NRLW, you saw a lot of uh, block plays and a lot more um, uh, wit in, in a lot of plays and, and a lot more skill in a lot of the plays as well. So I think, you know, it, it's getting better and better and you can only just see that from the first season we've had this year. Yeah, well, Emma Tonegato, for example, could have been, you could have been watching James Tedesco or Ryan Pappenhausen lurking around the back of the yeah. ruck there for the Dragons. And I'm glad you brought up the kicking game because I thought that was one area in the first half and, and we, you know... When the game is developing, you then you, you. I think the girls want that criticism as well. And we made this point during the game. I don't think the Dragons used that breeze in the first half well enough. They barely kicked to get out of their own end. They struggled to get out of their own end. And that learning process, I'm sure they'll sit back and Jamie Sout will look at that and say, girls, if we kicked early, um, the Roosters got a 40-30 in the second half, you know, use the advantage. I'm glad you brought up that kicking game because I thought it was one area yeah. where the Dragons may have let the game get away from them in that first half. Yeah, I think so as well. I think, you know, and Rachel Pierce has actually got a really good kicking game, so I'm not too sure, sure why they didn't delve into that a bit more. And, and in the previous round games, they were kicking on fourth tackle and making the most of the kicking game, but it didn't seem to come out on the weekend. But, um, yeah, I think the gamesmanship is, is probably another area that uh, is getting, you know, needs, needs a bit of work around um, getting used to the captain's call, getting used to how they, they play um, certain areas in the middle of the field and the questioning of the referees, etc. I think that's 
you know, a learning curve for a lot of the girls, especially the inexperienced girls, to try mm. and get used to. So, yeah, it's probably another area that, that they need to have a look at too. Tani, what are your thoughts? I mean, that was the first standalone grand final. Normally, I mean, grand final day, NRL grand final day is a huge day and it, it's a wonderful uh, advertisement for the women's game to be at uh, a core stadium, as it's called now, and, you know, with the potential of thousands of people making their way for the grand final. But gee whiz, there was an argument on Sunday with 8,000 people at Redcliffe for two Sydney sides. That atmosphere would be hard to beat. Where do you stand now after you're experiencing both, being at, uh, in Sydney uh, for a grand final on grand final day or that standalone experience that we had at Redcliffe on Sunday? Yeah, you know, it's, it's, a, it's a tough one because... It is. The NRL grand final day is obviously such a big event, right? But, you know, to have their own... It, it, gets, it gets a bit lost in the men's game if we, if we do have these games that are actually featured before one of the men's games. And... And that's why they've taken the the origin away as well and played it on its own because it doesn't get lost in the men's origin. And I think it's a really important for our really important thing for the women's game to keep it separate like that. And it just goes to show there is a fan base, there is a supporter base for what you just saw on the weekend with the women's game, and it happens at origin time as well for us too. So, you know, I think the girls. It, it shows the pre-season that we're able to do with the girls and the standard of the fitness, you know, the fitness level of, and the skill level of the girls. We got to spend more time with them in a pre-season um, to actually showcase that game at the start of the year, and I think that was actually a really good move to be able to do that. So, um, you know, and the girls just want to play more games. They don't, mm. they don't, uh, they don't really care when it is. I don't think they just want to play more footy and. And they deserve to play more footy. So, you know, if we have to put it at the start of the year, so be it. I think it's um, it just proved that it actually works. So yep. I think the girls would be happy with it. Yeah, look, um, it was – if you weren't there, you missed something on Sunday. And I, I'm sort of leaning towards that way because I agree with what you say. Sometimes again, lost on grand final day because as soon as those earlier matches are finished – off the field because we're either a got to get the next one started or b we're going to bring the stages out for the uh, the pregame entertainment. So you sort of um, just a bit part on that day, and they deserve better than that. And right from the welcome to country, Darmy in performing before the game and the national anthem and everything was perfect about the game on Sunday. Dragons might yeah. fans might disagree, yeah, well. but it was a wonderful showcase for for <laughs> rugby league, not just women's rugby yeah. league, but the game itself. Tani, forget about men's or women's. That was just a terrific yeah. day for rugby league. Yeah, I think so, and I think um, you know I'll, I'll just point out that something else that happened to me as I was walking to the car on the way on the way after the game. But it was so good to see. I saw a three generations of um, of a family come to the game, and it was the grandfather, the father, and the son all three of them going to women's rugby league grand final. And I just, that, that in itself, for mm. me, it, it just, just goes to show how far the game's gone to see that happen. So, um, yeah, it definitely deserves to be on its own. And, and I think the girls have proven that. Well, I was going to ask you today about uh, origin preparations, but we've run out of time. I'll let you go and I'll speak to you a couple of weeks down the track and talk about that if I may. No worries at all. Thanks for having me. Good on you, Tani. There she is, Tani Norris, who is the coach of uh, Queensland this year and also works there at the QRL. And uh, it was a terrific day yesterday at, uh, I should say, on Sunday at uh, Morton Daly Stadium. The Roosters winning the premiership at uh, a wonderful showcase for not only rugby league, but for women's rugby league. We're going to take a break here Wednesday afternoon in the Host Plus Cup show. Mark Braybrook with you on this Wednesday. (laughs) 
We're back. It's the Host Plus Cup Show on SEN. Host Plus, an industry super fund for all Australians. Mike Braybrook on this Wednesday afternoon, the Host Plus Cup Show. And uh, two teams are unbeaten so far this year. One, uh, the Central Capras have... uh, won all their games. The other one, the Brisbane Tigers have had a draw, but they haven't had a loss this year. It's been a massive turnaround from last year, which I I think it's fair to say was a disappointing 2021 for the Tigers. I wonder what their coach thinks. John Buchanan joins me on the line. John, thanks very much for your time, mate, uh, and congratulations on the start of the year. Yeah, thanks, Mark. Happy to join you, mate. Um, Yeah, it's been a good start. It's put in a lot of hard work uh, over the off-season, like most clubs do, but we sort of we made a real conscious effort to um, bring in some quality players and people to the club. And, um, yeah, we're sort of seeing the benefits of it at the moment. What's been the biggest turnaround, you think, from 2021 to 2022? Uh, probably some stability at the moment in our in our roster. Um, last year was an extremely difficult year for everyone. Um, you know, obviously results was, but um, just the number of players that we used, even early in the season... Uh, you know, through that stage, it was our own sort of injuries and even with the COVID issues around the uh, NRL bubble sort of really affected us probably, you know, without making excuses, probably more so than uh, any other club, to be to be fair. Obviously, being aligned with Melbourne, um, had its challenges around the COVID bubble and, uh, you know, they ended up taking a few of our guys actually into their bubble. So losing a couple of our best players for a long period of time didn't help and then our own sort of injuries made it, really challenging year and um, a lot of kids, young kids got to the boot throughout the year last year and you know, hopefully we're going to see the benefit of that this season. As I mentioned, uh, three wins and a draw, the draw against South Logan but wins over Tweed, uh, PNG Hunters and the Ipswich Jets. Um, how do you rate the start of the season? It's all well and good to look at the table. Yep, you're sitting there on seven points but from a coaching perspective, uh, does that position on the ladder replicate your thoughts on how your team's going? Um, probably not to be fair. Like, um, yeah, like I thought we start, I thought our round one win was a really good win over Tweed down there. The club had never hadn't won down there in 11 years and yeah, we prepared well and, and we got a really good result there. Uh, I thought our round two game against South, um, South just jumped out of the blocks really quick and we sort of missed the start a bit and we were chasing the game from then on and thought we showed some really good qualities in that game to, get back and, and jag a draw probably you know this time last year we definitely lose that that footy game and then the hunters are always tough um we to be fair we probably weren't at our best last week we were really disappointed with our performance and um yeah we we had a real good mindset this week to go in and and play the style of footy we wanted to play against Ipswich and yeah we we managed to do that for long periods of time so yeah, reasonably happy with the start. We've got a lot of room for improvement. Um, we've played really well in patches, but we need to, you know, make sure that we're doing it consistently and for long periods of time. And, you know, I think that'll put us in really good stead when we're sort of coming up against, you know, the, the teams like the Capras and the Winhams and the Burleys and all those sort of sides as well in the future. Yeah, one thing we have learnt, uh, and it's, I suppose, a recurring theme in, in the Q Cup over many years, is that 
on any given day, any team is beatable. Um, that is the case again this year. We've seen some uh, some upsets, I suppose you could claim, or some some teams that might have performed below par, as you mentioned, your game against the Hunters, and and maybe have lost a game and come back and and uh, perform really well and caused a bit of an upset. So that sort of thing is happening again in 2022. Oh, it's extremely tough comp. I think I say it every year. It's I've been around this level now for a fair while, and uh, it's just getting tougher and tougher each year. Like, you know, eight, ten years ago, you, you probably could always bank on four or five wins, you know, throughout the season that you're pretty much assured of. But not now. It doesn't matter where you go. Um, every club's really, really strong, and uh, you, if you don't turn up or you're slightly off your game, you, you're going to get beat. So, yeah, it's um, it can be mentally a really you know, from a coaching point of view, you're really draining at times um, to try and keep getting your team up. But, um, and also, you know, I'd imagine from a player point of view, exactly the same. So four weeks into the season, a week off this weekend, uh, as a club, as a coach, what do you tell your players to do? Because I would imagine you you sort of like feel as though you're just getting into the season, now you're having a week off. So what does the week entail for your team? Uh, yeah, well, we, the boys did recovery last night. We went to a recovery centre. Uh, we have got a few wounded already, believe it or not, um, just from the first month of footy. And, yeah, we just thought we'd freshen them up a little bit. Um, there's a number of boys that in the club that will have the rest of the week off this week. And then there's probably 60% of them will be back in on Wednesday night for, um, yeah, weights and some skills and some, some con stuff as well. But, yeah, probably more our... Uh, the way our performance staff looked at it was, you know, guys that have played every game over the last month and played, you know, a lot of minutes, they they have the rest of the week off. But anyone who's sort of only been back a week or two or hasn't play, has played limited footy, mm. uh, they'll be back in on Wednesday. Then they get off until uh, Easter Monday. We, we're back uh, on Monday and to start our preparation for the Capras game. Yeah, they're coming first, as I mentioned, unbeaten. I saw them demolish the Jets at uh, North Ipswich and, and Mackay the week before, so those uh, teams up north are going okay. Uh, you've been watching video of uh, Central and your team, obviously, of course. Um, what has impressed you about the Capras to start the season? Their first half against Ipswich was very good, I thought. Yeah, well, obviously I watched that game because we played Ipswich on the weekend. I uh, haven't had a any time yet to have a look at um, the Capris game from the weekend against Mackay. But, yeah, probably what's impressed me the most is they look like they're a footy team that's enjoying playing footy together. They're, um, you know, they're working hard on all the little effort areas for each other. Uh, and they've got some really good personnel that, um, you know, get it, well, you know, Jack Madden gets them around the park really well. Their forwards seem to work really hard for each other. So, yeah, look, they're, they're playing really well as a footy team. So, um you know, I know we haven't really spoken about them as yet. We're sort of more worried about freshening up this week. But when we roll in here on Monday, we'll have a little look at them and we'll, uh, we'll you know, put a plan together on how we're going to go about beating them. How important is that freshen up when you consider how long the season is? Yeah, well, as we touched on before, I think just how tough the competition is, I think it's, you know, vitally important now that, you know, we sort of, we look at the season, we break it down into little clusters. Um, you know, we had a four-week block um, before this break and I think we got, you know, another three-week block before another break. So, yeah, it's important that you freshen the players up. You don't want it to become, you know, stale, that they don't want to come to training and they're feeling tired and sore and all that. So, um, yeah, we think it's vitally important now that we keep them nice and fresh and, 
you know, looking forward to coming to training and um, preparing each week. There's been talk in the NRL, John, with the you know the subtle changes with rules, etc. How it's slowed the game down a bit this year. Have you noticed any changes in the way the game is being played at host plus cup level this year? Uh, no, not really. I think I really like the you know the rule of um, you know a penalty inside the forty now. Yeah. Um, I just felt at times with the six again call, you know, obviously being the length of the field, it just um, it just allowed the, the, you know, the really good teams to control possession for really long periods of time. And uh, with that, you know, comes fatigue for the opposition defensively. And I just felt some score lines were pretty lopsided on way to possession. Um, so, yeah, I, I like the, the way it's structured now. Uh, you know, I think it's we're still seeing the game still quick. Um, some, you know, really good footy on both sides of the ball, whether it's defence or attack. So... Yeah, um, yeah. I think I've you know I watch a lot of NRL as well, and I feel it's the same there as well. It's you know it's a pretty good product at the moment. I I sort of get a bit frustrated. I keep looking to change things. I think oh. you know the games. It's a great spectacle, and um, we've got some wonderful athletes, and we just need to let them you know obviously showcase their skill set. Yeah, look, um, I don't want to get into a political discussion here. You're a coach and don't need to be as uh, as outspoken as I can be at times. But, yeah, listening to the briefing earlier in the week from Graham Annesley with regards to the captain's challenge and, and the rule changes from year to year, um, it's confusing enough for the referees, let alone the players and the fans. It'd be nice to get that that little bit of a breather and, and say, right, here are the rules. This is what we're going to do for the next couple of years and we'll see what happens because uh, sometimes we – overthink things don't we in this game John I mean it can be quite get quite quite complicated if we let it but it really is just a, a simple game in the end yeah it is and I think you know most from a spectator point of view everyone likes to see the game just flowing and the players end up sorting it out themselves you know mm. um, yeah like I take my hat off to the referees um, you know got a lot going through their heads they're wired up now they've got you know their touch judges are talking to them there's people in bunkers I'd imagine that are throwing their you know, two bobs worth in as well. And, yeah, it's challenging enough for them as it is. And I just think if they're allowed to maybe, um, you know, I think if those distractions of not having to do that um, can come into play, then we're going to get a better result from them as well. Mm, I'm with you. Thanks for your time, mate. Much appreciated. Enjoy the weekend off and uh, good luck for that game at uh, Villanova Park there at Tungelpa. Sunday the 24th, so the day before Anzac Day, it should be a cracker. The second place Tigers against the first place Capras. Two unbeaten teams in 2022 in the Host Plus Cup. Good luck, mate. No doubt we'll chat again throughout the year. No worries, Mark. Thanks for having me on, mate. We're back. It's the Host Plus Cup Show on SEN. Host Plus, an industry super fund for all Australians. Mark Braybrook on this Wednesday afternoon. Nice to have your company. No rugby league for the Easter break. And uh, there will be plenty of action on the Anzac weekend. Uh, Always a special time of year and always... uh, a very emotional time for all sporting teams to get to play on or around Anzac Day, which is round five of the Host Plus Cup. But let's look back at the results in round number four. As we mentioned earlier with Dave Maiden, it started round four on Saturday uh, with the Falcons, too good for the Hunters, 22 points to eight. The Blackhawks, 22, defeated the Pride, 12. That game was played at Barlow Park in Cairns. Uh, then the Capras, who remain unbeaten, top of the table uh, with a big win, 26-18 over the Cutters.
Riders in Rocky. That was a terrific match as well. Tweed, we spoke with Matt Francis a couple of weeks ago. The difficulties they have had after all the flooding in northern New South Wales. Too good for Burley. 32 points to 18. A bit of an upset there. Burley had started the season so well. Wynnum 42, defeating the Dolphins 14. That at Cougarai. Uh, the Brisbane Tigers, too good for the Ipswich Jets, as we heard from John Buchanan just before the break. 42 points to 8. They were down to 12 men. Murray and Seve sent off in that game, but they're still able to uh, account for the Jets. 42 points to 8. And the final game of the round, excuse me, round number 4 was at Bishop Park. Bishop Park at Nunda, where the Devils 34. Too good for the South Logan Magpies 26. So that means after four rounds of the Host Plus Cup, the competition table looks this way. The Capra sit on top with uh, four wins from four games. They're on eight competition points. The Brisbane Tigers have three wins and a draw, so they are on seven. Then there's three teams on six. The defending premiers, Norths, the Sunshine Coast Falcons, and the Burley Bears on four points, a number of teams on four. The Cutters, the Tweed Seagulls, Wynnum Manly Seagulls, the Blackhawks are on four. Then we have the Pride, the Hunters, and the Dolphins on two points, uh, and Magpies on one after their draw earlier this year and the Jets yet yet to register a win uh, in the competition. So next week in round five, I want to say next week, the weekend after next in round five, the top of the table clash, as we mentioned there with John Buchanan earlier, we'll see uh, the central Capras up against the Tigers. That should be a cracking game, that one. Uh, The Devils will play the Jets. The Falcons are up against the Cutters. The Bears against the Hunters. Uh, Tweed play the Blackhawks. Winner Manly play South Logan as well. And the Northern Pride will take on the Redcliffe Dolphins. That's round five, which is not this week, but is next week. Um, The team of the week for round number four in the Host Plus Cup. An interesting uh, team of the week this week after um, rivalry round last week. The Norse Devils skipper Jack O'Hearn was named at fullback in the team of the week. Brandon Roberts from the Central Queensland Capras was named on the wing after scoring a hat-trick. He also ran for 107 metres and made two line breaks. Uh, In the centres, Matthew Lyons from the Wynnum Manly Seagulls had a terrific game, had two tries and also set up a length of the field try for Wynnum Manly. Uh, Jared Beal from the Brisbane Tigers uh, was the other centre. He scored his own try and ran for 101 metres, had a try assist, three line break assists, a line break and seven tackle breaks. So pretty good game there for Jared Beal and the Brisbane Tigers. The other winger is Will Warbrick from the Sunshine Coast Falcons, ran for 218 metres in the win against the PNG Hunters. Um, he's a Rugby Sevens silver medalist, and the Melbourne Storm uh, assigned him as well. He also scored a try in that match. Seven tackle breaks and two line breaks in a terrific performance. Uh, Radine Robinson from the Central Queensland Capitals was named at 5'8". He was terrific in that game. He was uh, three try assists, three line break assists, and a tackle break in the win. The halfback, Kyle Labert from the Townsville Blackhawks. Um, He was playing in the centres at the start of the year, but back in the halves now. He uh, kicked for 286 metres, had 14 tackles, three try assists, and a line break assist. So Kyle Laybutt was named halfback of the team of the week. Uh, front rower, Sam Lasone from Tweed. It was his first game um, for the Tweed this year. Surprisingly left out of the uh, team for the Gold Coast Titans. He got through some work. He only played for 45 minutes, ran for 87, 27 of those post-contact. Line break, tackle break, 
an offload and 23 tackles as well. Uh, Harrison Graham was named at hooker from Winner Manly. He is uh, one of these ri- young rising players uh, that's filling um, some big shoes there at Winham. Uh, he had his hand in setting up two tries, two line break assists and two tackle breaks um, in that win for Wynnum on the weekend. The other front rower, Apple Capaneus from Wynnum, uh, was his debut for the club. Two tries in 30 minutes. Former Hunter player, two line breaks, five tackle breaks, 67 metres and 16 tackles. So terrific performance there. The back row is Jack Gibbons from the Sunshine Coast Falcons, 78 metres uh, from eight runs. He also had one try, assist a line break and 25 tackles. Brendan Fry from Norse, the other back rower, um, impressive against the South Logan Magpies, 73 metres in his 57 minutes on the field. A line break, three tackle breaks, a try and 15 tackles. And the lock forward, Jamie Hill from the Central Queensland Capras, 213 metres from his 14 runs, a line break, four tackle breaks and 25 tackles as well. The bench, Sammy Saluma from the Burley Bears, Luke Bateman from Wynnum, Jack Svensson from the Brisbane Tigers and to round out the 17, Emmanuel Wayne from the PNG Hunters. There's our team of the week for this week. Now, results statewide. We haven't focused much on the results statewide, but they um, this week in the uh, Brisbane Rugby League Premier A-grade competition, uh, wins for Valley, Pine Rivers, West Panthers, Balimba Bulldogs and the Beanley Pride. And the Balimba Bulldogs are on top of the table with Beanley and the West Panthers, all with three wins and no losses, sitting on nine competition points, followed by Valley and Pine River Bears to round out the top five. Now on the Gold Coast, wins for Southport Tigers, Runaway Bay, and the match between Mudrabar and Burley and Corumban and Ormo was, uh, po- were postponed. So after three rounds of the competition, Runaway Bay lead on nine points, but Burley also unbeaten. They've had two games and they sit on six. Southport and Tugan on five along with Helensvale to round out the top four. Ormo just out of the five with one game in hand. They're on four competition points. In Ipswich, wins to Red Bank and the Swifts. Uh, Brothers had the bye this week, so Swifts on top on four, with Red Bank also on four. Uh, In Bundy, the Harvey Bay Seagulls defeated East by 42-38. Waves defeated West Panthers and Pass Brothers beat Wallaroo Meribah by 48-16. So Harvey Bay Seagulls on top of the table there. In the Central Highlands, win for Emerald. Tigers over Brothers and Blackwater defeated Bluff. Uh, and that means the Blackwater uh, is on top on six. Also on the Central Highlands in the men's premiership, that's in the women's premiership. In the men's premiership, uh, Claremont winners, Dysart, Springshaw Mountain and Blackwater crushes. The Claremont Bears and Springshaw Mountain are on top on four points. In the Toowoomba competition over the weekend, wins for Highfield Eagle, Highfield's Eagles, Dolby, Gundawindi, Oki, Gatton, and Newtown Lions and Water Warriors postponed. The high, there's a number of teams on four. Highfields, Gundawindi, Gatton and Dolby all on four points. In the Women's Premiership in Toowoomba, Highfield winners, so too Toowoomba Valley Roosters and Gatton. Buys for Newtown, Gundawindi and Oki. Gatton lead the competition there unbeaten. Uh, Sunshine Coast, Caboolture Snakes, Drew with Maruchidor, Noosa Pirates winning, Nambour and Kiwana all victorious. And Kiwana lead the competition with two wins from two matches. In the women's competition, on the Sunshine Coast, wins to Caloundra, Biwa and Kawana with the Caloundra Sharks, Biwa and Kabulcha all on top on eight competition points. Uh, and finally, in Rocky, wins to Gladstone, Rockhampton Brothers, Yapoon and Emu Park 
Emus, and the Emus are on top with two wins from two matches so far. That's all about. That's all we have time for on the Host Plus Cup Show. Thanks very much for your company. Um, I hope you have a great Easter. Enjoy the weekend off if you happen to have the weekend off with no footy around the state. But uh, we'll be back next Wednesday afternoon to preview what should be a terrific Anzac uh, round of action right across the state. Thanks very much for your company. Happy Easter, everyone. We'll catch you next Wednesday on the Host Plus Cup Show. When making the double chicken deluxe at Macca's, we wanted to improve on the perfect combo of tender Aussie chicken with cheese, tomato and aioli. So, we doubled it. Chicken and Macca's together and loving it. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Available after 10.30am for a limited time only.